0: glad that you could join me today. I am your host, Dala Smith. Today's subject is the outline Jesus gave the disciples to pray, the prayer of the Our Father. Matthew 6, 5-13. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you that they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as they even do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him after this manner therefore pray you our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's look at verse 5 through 8. Why is this important? The disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Many of us would skim over this and get to the meat of the matter. But according to the Lord, this is the meat of the matter. He is telling the disciples that prayer requires the right atmosphere. He is telling them to check their hearts, to get their hearts right before they begin to communicate with the Lord. The very first thing he says to guard against is pride. The Lord shares his glory with no one. The very first commandment in the Ten Commandments is Exodus 20, verse 2 through 6. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Then he says not to pray repetitive prayers in verse 7 and 8. You don't have to beg and plead. You just have to ask him one time and be thankful he answers you. As you thank him, the prayer will come forth. Everything that happens, happens in the spirit realm first. Then it manifests in the natural. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 18, 18, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So here he says not to beg, but to be thankful. Then he says that after you create the atmosphere of prayer, you can pray. In verse 9, he says, to acknowledge the Father and who he is, who he is to and for you, who he is in your life. Remember, he shares his glory with no one. And throughout the word of God, every time a great man or woman prayed, they magnified the name of the Lord. They only used a few words to present the fight of the enemy. Then they would go back to magnifying his great and wonderful name. This is just my personal opinion. I think the reason the Lord wants us to glorify His name is not mainly for Him. His pride is righteous. If it were only for Him, He would call it giving Him the big head. I think it is because we constantly need to be reminded of just who He is and how great He is to us in our lives, that this is more for us than for Him. Let's take a moment to drink him in, to glorify his wonderful name. You know, where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst of them. In verse 10, he says, to acknowledge his authority and his perfect will for us. What does he mean by acknowledging his authority? Give him the glory due his wonderful name. Remember that He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Remember who He is in your life. He is our Lord and Savior. When we do this, we are magnifying who He is to us. We welcome in His wonderful love, light, and life. The Lord lets us experience this in so many different ways. I had a personal experience concerning this. I had a brief season where it seemed that I could do nothing right. My sin was ever before me. The harder I tried not to commit a sin, the more sin in me I would see. I remember visiting a wonderful Catholic friend when all of a sudden I became despondent. Through tears, I began to tell her of my situation. She began to smile at me. Then with a caring giggle, she said something to me that was so profound. Now I hug that saying close to my heart. It helps heal me. It allows me to accept his great unwarranted forgiveness for me. No matter how many times I fail him, her words are what give me strength to keep repenting and continuing in the faith. Oh, sweetheart, you are in such a beautiful place. You are getting to experience his great love for you. Don't you know just how close you are to him? The closer you are to him, the more light there is. Sin is in darkness. He is light. Therefore, the more sin you see, the closer you are in him. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. How great is this? He knew just how discouraged I was getting, and he provided a wonderful Christian to speak into my life at the right time. Not to give me a big head, but to show me just how wonderful he is. Just how great is his mercy and compassion. What is his perfect will for us? Well, let's look to his word to find that out. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God are in him, are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Then remember what James 1.17 said? I absolutely can't stand it when someone prays, If it be your will, O Lord. Nowhere in the Bible does anyone pray that way. When you pray, pray without doubting. Matthew 21, 21-22 Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. 1 t- Timothy 2.8 I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. James 1.6-9 But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways so you see Jesus never prayed if it be your will when it came to a miracle the only time he prayed if it be your will was in the garden of Gethsemane for example he was praying to fulfill the promise of the Lord for the strength to redeem all mankind when you are in a trial requiring a decision that is when you ask for his perfect will to be done. Because that is when you need to listen. To be able to hear that still small voice. The voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one who knows the perfect will of the Father. That is when you are to pray if it be your will. He also mentions his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is because in Matthew eighteen eighteen, he says... Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Remember, all authority was given him in the heavens and the earth. Then he gave us his authority. So now I hope you are encouraged to have a newfound faith in the Lord. And like the pastor says, keep a prayer journal. I also encourage you to do this. Because when you write down the many miracles you ask for in his authority, full of faith in him who is faithful who promised it, you will be encouraged. And with each encouragement, your faith will grow stronger and stronger. And the fire you once had at the beginning of your salvation will begin to spark and grow. You will be screaming his great salvation from the rooftops. Preaching the gospel to anyone and anything that stands still long enough to listen. And it won't matter if they receive it right then and there. Your faith believes no matter what, it will come forth. Next he says in verse 11 to ask and thank him for his great provision of our daily bread. I have seen it not only as our natural bread, but also our spiritual bread. Matthew 4.4 But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is why I tell you that you must read your Bible. It is a life and death issue, first to your spiritual self, then to your natural self. How can I say this about our natural self? Because when you die spiritually, you die naturally. When you die spiritually, your natural man, which is cursed, begins to rule you. And in the natural flesh, there is only death. Even science proclaims this. They have proven that from the time of birth, you are terminally ill. You are dying daily. So in my daily prayer time, I pray to my provider. And I ask and thank him for his provision of my bread today, naturally naturally. And physically because in him is life life eternal then he says in verse 12 he says to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors this is not an option your prayers cannot be heard or answered if you do not forgive you give up your salvation also is unforgiveness really worth it Yes, when someone truly hurts you to the core of your very being, they have taken something from you. Let me tell you this, that I and the Lord are not making the injury a light matter. If it is important to you, it is just as important to Him. Growing up, I didn't have much of a childhood. There were things that hurt me so deeply that, I thought that I could not forgive. If you've been tuning into my Bible studies or you know me personally, you've heard my testimony. But I had like what I call like to call an epiphany. It began with him wake, walking into my living room and saying to me, that is way mu- too much power to give someone. Yes, they took this and that from you. Why would you give them your salvation too? At that point, I grew righteously indignant. The thought that I would hand over my salvation also made me angry. That is when I forgave them. Whenever you make a choice for Christ, the enemy will always come to test you. Well, I will never forget what happened next. It was on an Easter weekend... My mother had came to visit me, and in that visit, the Lord allowed it to create something very precious out of it. When she left, I was so heartbroken. I went to church that morning. I ran to the altar. I was desperate for his divine healing and peace. I told the Lord, Lord, I want to forgive you, forgive like you forgive. I want to bury their sin as far from the east as to the west in the sea of forgetfulness. I am leaving all of it here on the altar in your hands, Lord. I never want to pick it back up again. So I go home and I get a phone call about another broken promise. I grew very quiet. Then I looked up at the Lord and smiled. Lord, I see what is really happening. And I said as far as from the east is to the west, I forgive. I can't tell you how many miracles have evolved from this choice. Unforgiveness binds you up in shackles and chains. Your prayers are no longer heard, much less answered. Because now the Lord will only hear a prayer of a a broken repentance. Forgiveness. Forgiveness decides where you will spend eternity. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In verse 13, he then says to remember who your Redeemer is, that he is and always will create a way of escape. He is our Deliverer, Redeemer. Psalm 91, I believe, breaks this verse down for us. Then he finishes by reminding us to remember who he is. We need to know who we are in Christ and that we belong to him. So we have broken down the Lord's Prayer as an outline. I hope this helps you in your own prayer time. It sure has helped mine. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to his wonderful name. Thank you for joining me today at my little house of prayer. I hope this has spoken to your heart and if it has encouraged you to have a relationship with the one true Son of the living God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a real relationship with the Lord, I want to encourage you today to get real with Him. Realize that you are a sinner in desperate need of a Savior, a Savior who will radically change your life, who will restore you back to right fellowship with Him, who will deliver you from the bondages of sin. First, you must realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Then you must be truly broken before him over your sins and confess to him your sins, all of them. Don't try to grade your sins or hide them. He already knows about all of them and wants to heal you from them. But he can't if you try to hide them. And as for is trying to decide which of the worst ones, they all are the worst ones. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, they all have the same wage. James 1.15 Then when lust hath conceived it, bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So just bring all of your sins before him. Repent. Change your choice-making concerning your sins. When you do this, ask for his divine help or assistance in your choice-making. Make him Lord over your life. Remember to be thankful concerning his saving your soul from a life of eternal damnation. I want to pray with you right now, but this is just the beginning. The real work begins after you pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I confess all of my sins and ask for your forgiveness. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life. Help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All of heaven is rejoicing over your decision to pick up your cross and follow him. My advice to you is this. Get a Bible translation that you will read. And read it. It is food for your soul. If you don't, you will starve spiritually. Then find a church that preaches the uncompromising truth of God's word. Sit under that pastor for at least a year. This is how you get equipped to walk this walk. You will learn and grow under him. And your brothers and sisters in Christ will pray for you and support you. I want to say welcome to the family of God. And once again, thank you for tuning into my little house of prayer. Let me know of your decision by emailing me at my1littleafmp at aol.com so that I can pray with and for you. If you have any questions, go ahead and email me that too or any comments. And remember, I love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus loved you more.